Cartwright Harbor is calm and quiet. There aren't enough sailors, not enough ships. I'm looking for a boat that'll take me north. But this isn't the sort of town from which boats depart for the Arctic depth. The harbor's a bit of a mess. Just a few years ago, boats were tying onto rocks and outfalls. They've cleaned it up a bit. But this isn't exactly a prime staging ground for a shot at the top. The North Pole. So I'm trying to find someone who's going just far enough. From there, the plan is to hopscotch my way on a boat going further north. So I walk up to the boats and shout for the captains. Ahoy! 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 I'm stuck in Cartwright for a week. Most of the fishermen don't want to deal with figuring out how to pass me to the next boat, which obviously is fair enough. One day, at the far end of the harbor, I spot a small boat. It's captained by an Englishman, James Randolph Rogers. He got blown off course and ended up here. He's a wallpaper maker who recreates pre-1832 designs, carving and block printing them by hand. But before he carved his first wallpaper pattern, he was a sailboat hitchhiker, and he knows what these obsessive goals are like. He says he'll get me as far north as he can. Could we just start with where your head was at before you started your big boat hitchhiking trip? I was living in a city called Bristol. It's in the southwest of England. I was working in some bars and I was working at the college doing learning support for various students. And yeah, I was just craving some adventure, I think. What made you think it would be possible to hitchhike boats? I had a friend of a friend came to visit and she told me, that if you're in the right place at the right time, then you can hitch boats anywhere in the world for free. And so, yeah, that sounded like a good plan to me. (laughs) How did you start? So I saved up a thousand pounds and I headed down. I got trains down to places that I thought would have boats heading over the Atlantic towards the Americas. I tried first in Antibes, which is not far from Nice in the south of France, and no joy there. Uh, (laughs) So I went down to Barcelona there were no boats there, then to Malaga, and then I went to Gibraltar, and that's where I found my first boat. What were you thinking in each of those cities as you sort of failed to strike gold? Well, I was eating into my thousand pounds, and that was going quite fast. I was 27 years old, so I was stopping into bars and having a drink and staying at hostels. It was all part of the adventure, really, so it was all good fun, but I knew that the boats were heading over the Atlantic around november time there's a kind of a time limit you have to be in the right place so i was kind of running out of time i got down to gibraltar just at the start of november and found a boat within an hour i think of being in gibraltar 
He just went straight to the marina or the docks. Exactly, yeah. You work out where the marina is. You walk up and down. You ask anyone. Do you know of anyone that is going across who needs a hand, who needs some crew? And in this case, someone knew someone and pointed me in a direction. And that was it, really. What was the conversation like with the person who eventually you ended up going with? Well, this guy, I think he was quite an inexperienced sailor. So he was trying <laughs> to get to the Canary Islands, to Gran Canaria. And he already had two other people on the boat. And he also really liked to drink. And so did they. <laughs> and so I think he was quite scared to leave. So we actually ended up being stuck in Gibraltar for a month. And um, yeah, alcohol in Gibraltar is cheap. So <laughs> that's really, that's what happened. We drank a lot. We would go out every now and again and sail around the bay and he would say, oh, it's too windy. It's too dangerous <laughs> to go today. Or he'd say, I need to have something calibrated on my mast or something. So it took a while for us to pluck up the courage and then we actually went for it and we set sail and aimed for Gran Canaria, which I think that took a week to get there. And so how was that first week at sea for you? Yeah, incredible. Really incredible. You're kind of dodging boats to get out of the Straits of Gibraltar, like big, big boats. And then you get out into the open ocean. It's incredible. That first night at sea, I was sailing the boat and I'd never even been on a boat before. <laughs> so I'm sailing out into the Atlantic Ocean under moonlight. It was cool. It was really amazing. I'd imagine the biggest difference between hitchhiking a car and a boat is that you're with these people for, like you said, a week, right? As opposed to a couple hours. Oh, yeah. So I ended up being with them for a month and a half, these three guys. And that was great. We had a really great time, but I don't think I've spoken to, you know, you don't speak to them again. But obviously, you're living on this tiny boat. The boat's about 25 foot. So you're crammed in there. And yeah, I think you get to know people quite well. Were there ever any tensions? A month and a half, I feel like, is a long time with people you don't know. I mean, as I say, they all like to drink, so everyone got quite <laughs> jolly quite often. So yeah, we all seem to get on quite well. So then you got to Grand Canary, and what happened next? Yeah, so I got to Grand Canaria. They dropped me off on the other side of the island, so I had to hitch across the island, I had to sleep on a beach, and then I woke up and went to the next marina, and I found a boat again within an hour with two French guys and they were leaving the next day so I had to run around town and look for a pillow that's all I bought <laughs> <laughs> and I called my mum and said you know if you don't hear from me in the three weeks then don't worry too much <laughs> and then yeah we set sail the next day how far were they going they were going to St Martin in the Caribbean oh so a pretty good jump yeah so that was three weeks at sea wow and they were quite happy to have me on there because with two people on a boat, you would be doing, what, four hours on, four hours off. So with three people on the boat, you can do four hours on, eight hours off, which is great, obviously. The difference in shift is huge. So yeah, it was like a holiday. You know, you jump <laughs> on, you do your four hours sailing, and then you look at the clouds and look at the waves and, you know, think about stuff. <laughs> Well, what were you thinking about at that point? It seems like you went on the sailing trip right before you transitioned to making hand-printed wallpaper. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Were you thinking about that all at the time already? or was? Oh, no, no. I got into the wallpaper as soon as I got back from this trip. So I had no idea that my destiny was going to be wallpaper. <laughs> 
so yeah i don't know i was thinking of how exciting this all was like having this wild adventure and being 27 years old and where was i gonna end up i had no idea really oh really you you just you were going as far as you could get well my aim was to get to brazil basically i'd always wanted to get up corcovado and see jesus on the hill so that was my aim so i was just kind of heading west and then when i got to st martin these guys offered me a lift to keep on going they were going somewhere else they were going across the pacific and i said thanks very much but i needed to head south so i jumped off in st martin and yeah we got st martin we found a map and i closed my eyes and dropped my finger on a beach and they <laughs> dropped me off there <laughs> then i was stuck there for nine months actually what did you do for nine months i slept on the beach for three weeks and then i met this guy he was a blind he used to be a soul singer mm. and he was this blind guy and he was great he was wonderful but his chauffeur that used to drive him to casinos had just left for a holiday for a couple of months or <laughs> left town for a couple of months so this guy asked if i could possibly be his chauffeur and he could pay me in rum and bananas and pig's mouth. <laughs> um, could I just drive him around the place when he needed to go somewhere? So I did that for a while. And I worked in some marinas on some boats. And then eventually I got a job as a sailmaker. I pretended that I could sew. <laughs> I got a job sewing sails. And that lasted for six months. Wow. So I guess that's a sort of physically, I'm sure it's very different. But it is like a similar craftiness, right? Kind of, yeah. Attention to detail. Were you thinking while making sales, not necessarily that you want to make sales for the rest of your life, but like that you want to be doing stuff with your hands that you want to be making? Oh, yeah. I've always been into making stuff, always. And so, yeah, that was my perfect job while I was out there to be sewing sales and to actually learn how to use a sewing machine properly. It's priceless, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you say you were in a marina, were you doing like boat maintenance? Yeah, you know, you'd hear about someone through someone, someone's fixing up their boat and they need to fiberglass the bottom of the boat, that kind of thing. Not the nicest work, but <laughs> they would give you 60 bucks a day and you could at least afford a beer in the evening, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Did you have any sense of how long you would be there? Were you waiting for the next season? Yeah, kind of. I guess it's summertime. The boats are then leaving to go either up to Miami or they're going back to Europe or they're going south. So I knew that it was just a matter of time before I found someone who was going south. And I was asking around all the time. I'd be traveling around the island, going to marinas, asking if anyone was leaving to go south. And eventually I found this German guy who was going, and he was going the next week, so I quit my job. <laughs> and yeah, got on the boat to Trinidad with him. And how long of a sail was that? That was a week, and we would stop every night at a different island and just drop the anchor and sometimes we'd go on shore and have a look around but mostly we'd just stop eat sleep and then sail on the next morning one thing i'm curious about was were there any like scary moments at sea for you on this adventure were there any moments where you were like why am i doing this yeah yeah there were several <laughs> several several quite scary moments i mean crossing the atlantic one time we had tied a rope onto the back of the boat we'd seen a whale that was following us and so we tied a rope on and got the goggles on and jumped into the sea this is traveling at six knots and you're being dragged through the ocean 
watching a whale that's swimming along next door to you. So that was incredible. But then, I guess a couple of days later, it was my shift, and these guys were asleep. So it's just me sailing the boat, and I got quite hot. The sun came up, and I just thought I would tie a rope on and jump in while we're going six knots. And then, you know, you hit the water and realize that this is a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) And that if you don't pull yourself up, that you're going to die. And you're going to, you know, your mother's not going to know what happened to your body. So that was quite scary. And then the last leg of the trip was from Trinidad to Brazil. So I got to the river Oyapok. And that was really quite hairy. There were lots of scary bits. We nearly capsized. We saw pirates. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did they look like modern day? Because you hear about modern them off, like, off the coast of Southeast Asia or Africa, right? But I, I don't hear much yeah. about South American pirates. Yeah, this is off the coast of Venezuela. It's actually a hot spot for pirates. They're just boats that are out to sea. They're not fishing boats. They're not doing anything. They're just out there. And they're bigger than just sailboats. So... We would pass them every now and again and kind of go wide, as wide as we could. And if it was night, you'd just turn your lights off. And the fact was, the boat was kind of old and decrepit, so <laughs> you would just cross your fingers that these guys wouldn't come. Yeah. Did you ever see them move towards another boat? No, you would keep your head down, you would sail past them and just keep going. But that was, yeah, high adventure, that last sail, that last trip from Trinidad. Very Robert Louis Stevenson, Treasure Island type stuff. Something like that, yeah. So you sailed inland on a river? We were trying to get to Fortaleza, and the currents coming up the coast of Brazil are quite strong. So everyone we spoke to before this trip told us it was a stupid idea and that you should not go that way. And so we were fighting against the current, and it was really hard work. And then this guy who was the skipper of this boat, he suggested that we tack out one night into the sea. And I kind of refused to do that. It seemed like a bad idea. And so we had a slight argument about this and then decided just to turn inland. And as soon as we turned in, we hit the coast within a couple of hours and right to the mouth of the river Oyapok, which is the border of French Guyana and Brazil. And then were there docks at this area or did you... No, he had a GPS. And so we had to sail up into the jungle while it was getting dark and... I had to stand at the foot of the boat with a big stick and like prod it into the water to make sure that it was deep enough for us to get through. And yeah, all of a sudden you're in the rainforest in the jungle. So we got lost a couple of times up these little estuaries. And then eventually the next morning we had to drop the anchor, but the next morning we worked out where we were and sailed up to the village of Oyapok. What was that like? How big of a village is that? Oyapok's kind of substantial. You know, it had bars and stuff, but there weren't any other boats there, that's for sure. We were sailing past Indians in canoes, and people were giving us some looks. (laughs) But yeah, as I say, it was great. Amazing adventure. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Did you end up seeing the Jesus statue? Yeah, so from Oyapok, I got buses all the way down, and I spent two months in Brazil, and I traveled all the way down to Rio and then climbed up to see Jesus on the hill. At least for me, when I set a goal like that and then sort of hit it, I'm sort of elated. And then afterwards I start thinking, what do I do with myself now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I was overjoyed to get there and to still be alive and to have had this adventure. And because of all the sail making in the Caribbean, I still had one thousand pounds in my pocket. So <laughs> started with a thousand, ended with a thousand. Yeah, exactly right. So <laughs> I bought my ticket home and asked my friend around for dinner, and it turns out that his girlfriend was the daughter of the woman who then employed me to make wallpaper, and so starts another chapter. The way you say it, it sounds almost like something you stumbled into, but obviously you've been doing it for more than a decade now. Yeah, I've been doing the wallpaper now for about 13 years. So would you say there was a sort of intentionality there, or was there still like a sense of adventure that you were following? I mean, I was told about this lady and about what she did, and essentially she is a leading expert in historic wallpapers. And to me, it just sounded like the coolest thing that I could possibly imagine. So I wrote to her, I wrote her a letter, and she gave me a trial for a couple of months in the studio. And then I worked with her for two and a half years. And that really, you know, I couldn't believe my luck to have found this job. And I think there's, tell me if I'm wrong, I guess, but I I feel like there's something almost archaic about sailing around the world. (laughs) It feels historic in its own way, even though, you know, it's probably ecologically way better than going on a... (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I would do it again. If, if I could, one day I hope to have a boat and I'll, I'll do it again. But I, I guess is there like a connection between the fact that the wallpaper you work on uses these historic methods, uses... Ah, uh, I see. And yeah. like this sort of older way of travel? I guess so. I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. Possible. Turns out hitchhiking boats is easier than it sounds. Once you're on one, it's not so hard to hop to the next, especially up here where the boats have such serious equipment. I hopped over from James's boat onto this one, captained by a Labradorian with an impenetrable accent. He growls like a 19th century sailor. This is the Arctic Ocean. We're floating between chunks of ice. This is disputed territory. Canada claims it, but so do the US, Russia, and somehow China. As the ice caps melt, the disputes grow more vociferous. Ancient and Baroque ships emerge from the ice, and are discovered by taciturn explorers with thick scarred accents and giant shark teeth hanging from their necks, presumably wrestled from thrashing jaws. We move further and further into the disputed territory, drifting alone. This is it as close to the North Pole as you can hitchhike. Finally, I don't know where I'm going. And it doesn't matter. I'm free. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to New York Island. From the Redwood Forest. Goldstream water, this land was made for you and me. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, and I saw above me that endless skyway, and I saw below me that golden valley, I said this land was made for you and me. I roamed and rambled. 
followed my footsteps the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts and all around me a voice was sounding this land was made for you and me was a high wall there tried to stop me a sign was painted said private property but on the back side Say nothing, this land was made for you and me. When the sun comes shining, and then I was strolling, and the wheat fields waving, and the dust clouds are rolling, and the voice was chanting as the fog was lifting, this land was made for you and me.